this morning as we listen to the, uh, to the message today, I pray that our hearts would be open and quick to respond. At the end of the service, we're going to do some creative things. Uh, but let's uh, give a, another warm welcome to Mike Annis. Here he is. So it is, it's a privilege to be here this morning. I just want to thank you for the opportunity to, to, to share with you and, and share what the Lord has placed on my heart. And my heart is that hopefully the Lord will encourage you today uh, because, you know, missions is exciting in that. But what I want to talk about today is, is extremely important to me, too, because I really, really hope that what I share is an encouragement to you. Because, you know, it, six years ago, my wife and I were sitting right where you guys are today. You know, we were lay people. And our role in the Great Commission is, is so important. And. So that's what we're going to talk about today, and I, and I hope it's, it, you know, it encourages you guys. Uh, before we get going, uh, we're going to be speaking out of Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. So if you have your Bible, you can go ahead and turn there. If you have your electronic device, you can go ahead and flick there. Uh, that's where we're going to be reading from. But before we go there, I just want to open up in prayer. Father, we just thank you, Lord God, that you are so good. You are so good to us, Lord God. And Lord, we just ask that you would just meet us here in a mighty way today. Holy Spirit, that you would open hearts that you would touch minds, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, just prepare uh, the hearts for the message today that you would just give me the words to speak, that everything I do and say would bring glory to your name. In your name we pray, amen. So we're reading from Matthew chapter 28, and this is a scripture for the longest time uh, early on in my walk that I, I misinterpreted pretty big time. I read this through what I would call my fleshly eyes, through my own understanding. You see, I wasn't really realizing what the Lord was getting at with this scripture, and so I would read it from my own experiences in life, uh, who I was, where I was at that point in time, and the scripture is, uh, then Jesus, this is Jesus talking, and he says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and in teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you to the very end of the age. Now, I can't tell you how many times I've read that and kind of put my own twist on it. I put my own, from my own life experiences, I kind of interjected my own understanding into what Jesus was saying here. And this is from um, the NIV. And if you go to the next slide, you'll go, I call it the MOV, Mike's own version. And this is kind of how I interpreted it. This is what I interjected. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, all pastors, Bible school graduates, evangelists, and gifted and talented speakers go. See, this is how I read this every single time I read that. And it's because I had bought into a lie from the enemy that I wasn't qualified, that I wasn't good enough. You see, I'll give you a little background into my, my life. You see, I wasn't really brought up in church. I, I went to youth group a lot, but it was more chasing girls than chasing Jesus. Uh, you know, it was, I didn't really have a grasp of who he was. And it wasn't, I didn't get saved until I was 18. You know, growing up, I had a, a growing disorder, so I was really short. I mean, my wife was taller than me when we got married. Um, and so that led to a lot of self-confidence issues and, and depression and thoughts of suicide. You know, I, I just didn't, I didn't have the kind of lifestyle that I expected that was required to fulfill this. I thought those were for those special few. You know, when I got saved, you know, I would hear testimonies of, of people that 
from a very early age knew God got a hold of them and had called them to some place, that he had a purpose for their lives. And I didn't have that experience growing up. I didn't get saved until I was 18, and I was grasping with who I was as a believer when God put this idea of missions in my heart. I'm like, Lord, I, what does missions look like for someone who's never even been exposed to it? You know, how, how does that involve me? That, there's no way. And so my wife and I got married at a super young age. Um, you know, we like to say we did everything backwards. Uh, she graduated in June. We got married in August. Um, and then we were going to school full-time, college, and then we got pregnant. And I thought, you know, this is, you know, full-time college student, part-time job, doesn't provide for a family. So I dropped out of college, and I became an electrician because I wanted to provide. And I'm sitting there thinking, and all the while the Lord was, like, tugging on my heart and calling me. And I'm like, Lord, I'm a high school or college dropout. You know, I, I'm not Bible educated. I'm not anything. You cannot use me. And so, you know, I did little things like teaching Royal Rangers. Uh, we played on a worship team, participated in a worship team. And I thought, you know, that was sufficient. That's, that's good enough for me, God. And all the while he was pulling on me and tugging on me. And then it was on a trip to China, a short-term missions trip. And we were at an underground house church that we had to sneak into early in the morning before the sun came up because 10 white guys going into a Chinese person's house raises red flags. And so they snuck us in before the sun came up, and we stayed there. I mean, people think an hour and a half of church is a long time. Think sun up to sundown. I mean, it was a full day affair, and it was full steam ahead from beginning to end. There was no let up. It was amazing. But it was at the end of the night that we were surrounded with uh, some pastors that had traveled from great distances. And one was sharing a testimony about God calling him to be an evangelist. He gave him a dream. He called him to be evangelist. And he was elated about this. And yet he, be, you know, he was distraught because he's like, Lord, you've called me, but you haven't. I don't have the tools to do this. I, you know, I, I want so badly to fulfill this call that you place on my life, but I don't have the tools. And he began to weep. And he held up one of the fire Bibles that we had provided him. And he said, I've been praying for two weeks for this, and God has answered my prayers. And it was at that point that the Lord broke me. And I couldn't argue with him anymore. Because he's like, I want China's now, I want you in China now. I'm like, Lord, there's someone better. And he says, an electrician can carry Bibles on his back. And that was the beginning of where we are today. And it was through that process that the Lord began to reveal to me that there are no exemptions in this scripture. Each and every one of us are called. He doesn't require a certain skill set. He doesn't say you have to be a certain age. There's nothing there but the commandment to go. And this is Jesus talking to each and every one of us. No matter how we twist it, we cannot exempt ourselves from the Great Commission. You see, we have the you know, it, it was exciting to be up here with a great welcome in that, and, you know, we're grateful for that, and, and people call us heroes in that, but, you know, it's a privilege. It's a privilege. And we have the title missionary, but for me, all of that does is designates where we fulfill the Great Commission. You see, some of us are called overseas, and some of us are called to our fellow coworkers and friends. But each and every one of us are called. There's no excuse. No matter how we twist it, we cannot avoid our part in the Great Commission. And then the further I dug in and the more I, I wanted to know, I got to be like, well, 
you know, it talks about nations in here. When God's talking about nations, I'm like, what's he talking about? What, what, exact, what did nations mean when he was talking? And you see, because we think about nations, we think about countries with their geographical boundaries and their names and that. But when you go back to the Greek word in this scripture, the Greek word used in this particular verse is ethne. Now, ethne is a root from the word ethnos, which means nations. But when you break it down and you realize what ethne means, I mean, it, it like blew my mind. I mean, it was just like, wow, the mission field explodes because ethne means all ethnic people groups. It doesn't mean nations as we perceive them today. And each and every one of us has friends, family, coworkers, neighbors. We all belong to some ethnic group. The missions field is all around us. Now, I'm not saying that some people aren't called to go overseas. But you see, the missions field is outside those doors as well. It's everywhere. Jesus is saying, go everywhere. And we're all apart, each and every one of us. You know, the enemy loves nothing more than to have us sit idle in his seats every week. I had this misconception that, you know, it was the pastor's job to reach the lost. It was his job to, to grow the church. You know what? It's so wrong. It's his job to, to equip us and to encourage us and to lead us. But he's like the team leader. You see, we're, a, we're all a team. And we all play a part. I like to use sports analogies, and, and I kind of look at it like, you know, the, here's the coach, right? He's putting us in the game. But he wants participants and not spectators. We're at fourth and goal. The game is on the line. We're standing from a position of victory. He wants us to be a part of the victory, not watching it. He wants to use each and every one of us, and we all have a vital role in the game. I hope I'm speaking to some of you here today. Because for so long, I sat in a pew week in and week out thinking that was my position, and it's not. We all play a vital part in what God has for the Great Commission. So with that being said, I want to, I got four points, and the way my brain works is I like to associate things. I, I'm, I'm very analytical <laughs> and very compartmentalized, and so when I think about how I am involved in the Great Commission, I think of four points, and they all start with the letter I, so that they're easy to remember. And so the first one is, I can illustrate to others. This is the, by far the easiest way we can be a part of the Great Commission, because it doesn't require one spoken word. All we have to do is live out our testimony. All we have to do is allow other people to see God's faithfulness in our lives. You know, there's that true, true saying, you know, actions speak louder than words. It's true. And, you know, when we're walking out our testimony, people pay attention. When we're walking out our faith, they're going to hold us to a higher standard. That's true. They're going to look at us through a much bigger magnifying glass. But, you know, what? God's grace is sufficient. We're not required to be perfect because there was only one perfect being to ever walk the earth. But God's mercy and his grace is so sufficient that when they look through that magnifying glass, all they're going to see is Jesus. Nothing speaks louder than allowing people to see the joy that God brings our lives. And when they see it, when they see how happy we are, even in times of trials, 
they're going to want to know what brings us that peace. What makes you so happy? What is it that you have that I don't have? And it opens doors. And it's so easy. But that means that we're the same outside the four walls of this building as we are inside. We can't just be Sunday morning Christians. It's a full week affair, a lifelong affair. Secondly, this is so powerful. I can intercede. Intercession is key. It's probably the most powerful tool that we as believers have, and yet the most underutilized. We are so, it requires our time. Time is important, right? Time and money are the two most important things in our lives. And we are a society that is so busy. We fill our time with so much stuff that we often, more often than not, forget to add time to spend with Jesus. I mean, are we so quick to check our friend status updates on Facebook before we've checked up with Jesus' status? It's true. We know more about what's going on in our friends' lives than what Jesus is doing in ours because we don't make the time to pray. And prayer does so much, so much. It is so powerful, and it's given to us. It's right there in our hands. And yet we so often just brush it off. You know, I'll make time for it tomorrow. I'll make time for it tomorrow. And tomorrow never comes because we just continue to get busier and busier and busier in our lives. But it's a relationship. And relationships require communication. If we're not communicating with God, then our relationship's not that great. We're just deceiving ourselves. God wants to communicate. You know, I used to have, when I first started praying in that, when I first got saved, I was intimidated to pray, actually. Because, I mean, there are some amazing intercessors out there, right? I mean, there are some people, when they're praying, you know that they're just calling the heavens down. And you're just like, wow, that, that, that is just amazing. And then I got intimidated by that. I'm like, you know what? I, I, I'm not that eloquent of a speaker. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't speak with, you know, power and authority. And, you know, God, they're grounding me out. God's not going to hear me. But you know what? Through practice and, and, and time, you get better at it. And it doesn't, you don't have to be an eloquent prayer. You don't have to be, you know, full of passion and power in that. Because even the smallest prayer, as long as it comes from here, is the most powerful. God hears the prayers from the heart. Especially when you're communicating with him on a daily basis. Because you're not a stranger. And then you hear better from God as well. You know, a lot of people, you know, are in tough times and they're just not understanding in that. And you ask, well, how much time have you spent in prayer? And more often than not, it's none. You know what? Prayer is powerful. And when you're praying for missionaries, it is so awesome. It opens doors that no man can shut. It brings forth protection from the enemy, not only for your pastor here in your church, you, you know, your church, but for missionaries abroad. There were times we faced things in China that I know we couldn't have made it through if it weren't for people back home praying for us. We just sensed it. We just knew people were praying for us. I got to tell you, man, if, if every believer was praying for missions, wow, 
Wow. Just imagine. Just imagine if everybody was setting aside time every day to commune with the Heavenly Father. Our work would be so much easier. God is good, and he listens to everything we ask of him. But we got to do it. Thirdly, and this is another, another touchy one because <laughs> it involves money. And I can invest. See, that's another, another sensitive subject. You know, people are always like, oh, don't talk about money. The church is always asking about money. You know what? This is God's plan. It's not mine. And if you're passionate about missions, your giving will show for it. Plain and simple. No one can say, I love missions and not give to it. You can't. Luke chapter 12, verse 34 says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Some people's hearts are at Starbucks. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I mean, really, some people are spending more on coffee than they are on missions. Where's your heart? This is a faith promise above and beyond your tithe. You see, the tithe, don't, don't get the misconception that you cannot pay your tithes and give your tithes to missions because that's not how God works it. The tithe is meant for the church and everything that goes on in it. That's God's provision for the church. A faith promise is above and beyond. And it's something that you can't do on your own strength. I'm a firm believer that if God tells you a number and it doesn't make you gasp, it's not big enough. Because God doesn't want us giving out of our own strength. When we don't need God, we're receiving the glory for it. God wants the glory. He wants to be able to show himself faithful in your life. And he will. He will, he will. I think of, I call it the, the, uh, the initial faith promise, and it's the story of Abraham and Isaac. See, God asked Abraham for his son. I, I don't even know what I would do if God asked me for my son, honestly. I would, I would probably freak out and plead and, and anything but that God. I mean, that is just, I can't even wrap my head around that. But Abraham is the shining example of a faithful man, of a trusting God-fearing man. He says, whatever you ask. And we know the story. He set out to sacrifice his son. And God provided the sacrifice. You see, when God asks something of you that you don't feel is possible, you don't get to see it come to fruition until you trust him and obey. But when you do, hold on to your seats. I mean, God does amazing things. Now, I know some people will be like, well, you know, you don't understand where my financial situation, you know what? The quant, the amount you give is not of importance. It's the attitude of the heart in giving. You see, I, I think about Jesus when he was at the temple with his disciples, and he sees the little old lady, and she gives the two cents. He's like, she has given more than anybody else. You see, it's not about the amount but about the heart from which it's given and the obedience and faithfulness. God is so good. You know, I, I, I just want to give a testimony, and, and, and I, don't, I don't want this to sound like we're bragging about ourselves. I want to brag on God and what he does and how good he is. You see, we were in China for three months, and a third of our supporters never, never came on board. A third of the people that said, we're behind you, <laughs> ran. You know, we look back, and there's nobody there. 
But you know what? God is faithful. You see, and we have faith promises ourselves. As missionaries, we're not exempt from that. We, we're, we're just as much involved in it as you guys are. And so for three months in, our cash budget had dwindled because that's where our paycheck was coming from. And we get our paycheck, and it was $500, and our rent was 9 I'm like, great. <laughs> this is awesome. But, you know, and we have faith promises ourselves. So we had two choices. We could not pay our faith promises and put that towards our rent, or we could trust God and pay our faith promises and believe that he was going to take care of, of us. And you know what? We, we just went to prayer. We didn't say anything to anybody but God. Just prayer. You know, prayer is powerful. So we said, you know what, God? If this is your will, it's your bill kind of deal. We're like, you know what? You've called us here. We know you've called us. You know, we're going to continue with, with what you've called us to do, and we're going to pay our faith promises in that, and we're just going to trust that you're going to provide. And let me tell you, that was a big leap of faith. You're like, man, I, I know without a doubt that God has called us to, to China. Now, how can this be? You know, at the end of the month, not only was every bill paid, but we had extra money. God is awesome. And I'll tell you, every month after that was like just like an adventure. Like it was like every time we opened our statement, we're like, okay, God, what are you going to do this month? I mean, it's just so awesome when you see what God can do. But you got to be faithful in a little before he'll, he'll, you can be faithful in much, before he'll really open the floodgates. But when he does, it is so amazing. But we got to invest in missions. And that doesn't even involve, you know, overseas missions. I know your church has this amazing building project you've got going on. Investing in a building project is investing in the kingdom. And it's fulfilling the Great Commission. It just looks a little different. You see, I want to, I just want to challenge you guys to reach one person for Christ this year. Each and every one of you. One person. You see, and if, if each and every one of you does that, you're going to need a new building. Right? It's investing in the kingdom. Missions looks different all over the board. And I'm not saying that to diminish the need for missions overseas in that. But God has multiple avenues that he wants us to pursue with our investment. And lastly, we can get involved. This one costs us time cost us money, might cost us our lives. But you know what? The only way the Great Commission is going to get fulfilled is if each and every one of us plays our part. Each and every one of us. We all have a part to play. What's it look like? I, I don't know. But you'll never know how far God can take you, and take you unless you take that first step. You know, for us, it was teaching in Royal Rangers and serving on a worship team and and taking the baby steps. And then just seeing God provide, you know, in his faithfulness. And stretching us and growing us. And it makes each step you take a little easier to take. God has big plans for each and every one of us. You know, you, I, I'm a firm believer that every believer should go on a short-term missions trip. Absolutely. It'll change your life Forever. Forever. Like, you will never look at missions in the same light ever again. Ever. And if every believer went on a short-term missions trip, you know, the floodgates of cash would just be open for missionaries to go. Because until you actually 
leave and land on foreign soil, you don't really truly realize how blessed we are here and how much we have to be thankful for and how much we have to give. It's powerful. And there's no age limit. I mean, there's no too young or no too old. We're all called, right? We're all part of a team. I'll give you a, just a story, you know, talking about age. It, we In Hong Kong, working with the Fire Bible Project, you know, we had lots of teams come through every year. And there was one particular team, there was 30 of them that would come, and they called themselves the Senile Seniors. I mean, it was just, you know, it was, they were truly a geriatric team. I mean, it was just, they ranged from, you know, their early 60s to uh, Wally, who was 81. 16-hour flight to Hong Kong. 81 years old. 81. I mean, I, wow. You know, I, I have a hard time with a 16-hour flight. I can't even imagine. But here's Wally, you know, these 30 people. And, I mean, and they're just a hoot. I mean, they're just all on fire for Jesus and that. But there's Wally. And I can't help but notice Wally because they're there for two weeks. And in the summer, in Hong Kong, is miserably hot in the summer. I mean, unbearable. And here's Wally, 81 years old, always dressed to a tee. I mean, always in a nice suit, nice dress shoes. I, I don't know how he was comfortable walking. Because you walk everywhere you go in Hong Kong. Everywhere. And here he is in his nice dress shoes. Three times a day. And at 81 years old, Wally made and carried more trips or more Bibles than any, any other team member that had ever, we'd ever worked with. 81 years old. When the rest of his team was worn out and just couldn't take another day and were taking a day of rest at the hotel, there was Wally, still three trips a day. I was like, man, I, just inspiring. I'm just like, Wally, what is it? Why, you know, what drives you? And he just said, as long as I have breath, every breath will be used to serve the Lord. 81 years old. Man, that, if that's not inspiring, I don't know what is. You know, he's playing his part. He's getting involved. We're all called to get involved. You know, our place isn't just to sit in the seats every Sunday to fill a spot. That's not our spot. You know, God wants to use each and every one of us. And the enemy will do everything he can to convince us that we are not worthy that we are not qualified. You know what? The coach has put us in the game. We're qualified. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says we receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. He equips us. He gives us the tools we need. And we're not doing it alone. Because at the very end of this scripture, he says, for surely I am with you to the very end of the age. To the very end of the age. We don't have to worry about going at it by ourselves. You know, he's there. He's got our back. He's taking care of us. And he wants to see us flourish. He wants to see us succeed. And the only way we can do that is by taking that first step. You know, it, it, I always think about there's the, in Indiana Jones where he's taking that leap of faith, you know, the, where he's stepping out into the air and there's nothing below him. And he takes that step, and well, there is something there. You see, God's there. 
He's got our back. He wants us to go further than we've ever gone before. But we've got to take that first step. Take baby steps. Get involved uh, with the youth. Uh, get involved, you know, teaching Sunday school. Do the nursery. That's scary to me. That's a mission field in and of itself. I mean, God, you are called when you work in the mission or the nursery. I, I mean, I, I always I joke around and say, God, take me to the Middle East before the nursery, please, please, please. You know that 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 scares me. It scares me. But it could be your gifting. And it could be your stepping stone to bigger and better things. But you'll never know until you take that first step. It's tough. It is. Is it always going to be easy? No. Is it going to be full of, of disappointment? Sometimes. But you know what? We're a team. And as long as we work together and we partner together and we strive for the end goal we will be successful. You know, I just, I hope I'm, I'm speaking to some of you today. If, if that's you, you know, if, if you're sitting there and, and the Lord is just calling you and he's been calling you and, and you were like I was, sitting in a pew week after week, struggling, you know, having the Lord tug on your heart and yet the enemy tell you you are nothing. Let me just encourage you, you are more than that. You are more than a conqueror. God wants to do amazing things through you and with you. But you got to take that first step. If that's you and you want to take that first step, please come forward. I want to pray with you. I do. I want to pray that God opens the floodgates in your lives. I want to stand against the enemy and the lies that he's been telling you. So if that's you, just please come forward. Uh, my wife and I, you know, we'll both be happy to pray with you. I'm just going to pray. Father, you are just so awesome. Lord God, we are so grateful, Lord God, for all that you have done, Lord Jesus. And Lord God, just right now, Lord God, in your name, we, we come against the enemy and all the lies that he may have for us, Lord God. And we just, we cast them out in your name. We just bind them in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, just minister to your people right now. Touch the hearts of your people. Uh, let strongholds be broken. Let captives be set free, Father. Lord, just touch your people in a mighty way, Lord God. We just give you all the honor and glory. In your name we pray, amen. Mike has given us an opportunity to respond. And uh, I want to be, I want to, I believe that there are some that may need to respond to that call where you've sat in the seats and wondered, you know, what is God doing in my life? And uh, the Lord is just saying that uh, he's got a plan for you. He's got a purpose for you. And uh, I'm just uh, just wondering, how many does that resonate with you? Uh, that, boy, God's got a plan for me. Uh, I've got next steps to take. I need to take that next step into the darkness that I can't see where my foot may land, but trusting God. How many, does that, that resonates with me. I know it does. And lots and lots of, and um, I want to do something uh this morning, just in the next couple minutes, it won't take long, but I want everybody to grab uh, your bulletin on the back of it. There's a place to take notes if you haven't taken notes yet. Uh, I want uh, to grab a pen, and if you don't have something, you can, you know, open up your Bible, find a blank sheet uh, to write on it, but everybody to have one, and uh, I'm going to ask 
uh, Pete in the back, if you could help me out and just, we're going to pass out, and uh, Pastor Bobby, uh, just pass out some pens. And uh, I want to just take us through these four steps real quick. And the Lord kind of put this on my heart for a service, and I want to do it again. And uh, the first one is to illustrate. And I'm going to give you just a moment or two to dream or to ask the Lord for a vision for you to be involved in missions. What does that look like? What does that picture look like? If we're going to illustrate God's plan for our lives, begin to ask the Lord, okay, God, what, what, does, that ha- what does that look like for me? And I want you just to begin to write almost like a journal or uh, you know, write out the picture, write out the illustration for your life, not for your neighbor, not even for your spouse, maybe for your family, but, uh, but what is it for you that God is calling you to do? And I'm just going to give you just a moment to do that in the quietness uh, as the Holy Spirit's moving. Just write it out. What is God speaking? Where is God challenging you? writing as you're asking the Lord to show you a picture of your future in regards to missions, how you can be involved. There's ideas and strategy, inspiration that God is speaking, I believe, right now. We want to capture that. What does that illustration look like for you? And I I don't want you to sit there and think, well, this isn't for me. No, it's for everyone. For each of us, like Brother Mike was saying, to be involved. What does that look like? Good. The second thing is intercession, that we would intercede. Because when God gives us a dream, when God gives us a goal, when God gives us a picture of what he wants us to do, it probably is scary. I know it is to me at many times. When God is speaking, when God is challenging me in an area to step out in faith, uh, there are times uh, I'm shaking in my boots, so to speak. And what that does, it drives us to our knees, doesn't it? To pray. And so I just want you to put your hand on that illustration. And I want you just even now to intercede. Let's just take the next two or three minutes and just in your own way, and you may want to move, you may want to you know, turn around in your seat, you may want to stand and walk, and, but let's just intercede asking God to accomplish the things that he's put on our heart this morning. Hallelujah. Just right where you are, we're going to intercede together for the plans that God has for us. In your own way, in your own breath, I want you to be inter- interceding, asking the Lord to accomplish the things that he's put on your heart. There may have been dreams from long ago, from years past, that you've forgotten that God is quickening in your spirit. Plans for you. God wants to move in your life. He's bringing those things to your memory. Your memory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for your hand upon us. Hallelujah.
And now if I could have everyone's eyes on me just for a moment, we the next one is invest. And I don't want to skip over this. I, I believe that there are some here that may have given in the offering, uh, but as Mike was speaking, as this family was before us, uh, at this point you're saying, man, I, I need to give some more. I need to invest further into their ministry, and I want to make that uh, available. Uh, there are envelopes on the back table. You can grab one of those, put it in the envelope, uh, make sure that every cent is given right to them. Uh, I believe that God could be speaking to many of our hearts. I, I said first service that my wife and I, we on Mission Sunday, we, we always have in our budget uh, an amount that we give to missionaries to support, but we're going to do something above and beyond that. And I want to challenge you to consider that as the Lord leads uh, to do that. And uh, we're going to we'll make that happen. Um, and then the th- uh, fourth thing is to be involved. And with that, I want you to stand right where you are. I want everybody to stand because it involves everybody. And uh, we're going to get involved this morning in a little hands-on ministry. And uh, I want to send this family off uh, with a prayer support that they know that the Gateway Church is behind them. And so I'm going to ask that the Anna's family just uh, kind of gather up here in the middle. And I know we did this first service. Hopefully it wasn't too uncomfortable for you. And uh, But what I'm going to ask is for you, the, the, us, the body, to move and to come. And I want you to maybe, maybe come and uh, put your hand on one of these young men or one of these young ladies, or put your arm around uh, this man of God that is leading his family. And we're just going to spend a moment, and we're not going to belabor this long, but we're going to pray for them. We're going to bless them, and that they would know that we are behind them, not only financially, but our prayers. And we're going to get involved. So I want you to move right now, right where you are. Just come on up, and we'll just take a moment. I want you to begin to pray, and uh, you can pray over them. And uh, just believe God for the miracles that God has in store for them. God, we trust, Lord, that you have called this family and these children are missionaries as much as their parents. And God, I pray, Lord, that your hand would be upon them. Lord, I pray, God, that you would just begin to uh, speak to each of them, God, preparing the way. Lord, that you would provide for them as they are at 50% of their of their budget required, God, Lord, that they will uh, make up the rest of the 50% quickly, God, that there will be just pouring out your power and your presence on them. Lord, I pray, God, Lord, for the cash budget that needs to be raised, the the, the significant amount of cash. God, I pray that you would provide, Lord, but more than that, provide protection, God, as they move, as they as they go in week in and week out looking to serve you, to share your good news. And God, I pray that for protection around their minds and their hearts and even in their health, God, I pray, Lord, that you would just move in their hearts, God, for your glory, for your honor. God, we thank you for this. God, we thank you for this. In Jesus' wonderful name, hallelujah, hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Now, I want everyone across this room, just right where you are, just to lift your hands. And I want us as the family of God just to begin to sing hallelujah to the Lamb. Because one day we will be together in heaven doing this. And this is our chance to practice. Hallelujah. Come on, just in your own words, say hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 We sing hallelujah.